Take it away, Jackie. <laughs> when we least liked you. <laughs> Let's introduce the show. We're talking about Long Island. I am Jackie Martling. This is Stand Up Memories, and I am Peter Bales. And we have been friends until we started doing this podcast. <laughs> and we've been talking about Long Island history, which is so fun. And I got to be friends with a guy named Anthony Baker years ago. He was a good friend of my friend Nikki, and um, he was a great character, and he came from an incredible pedigree. His grandfather, I think it was, you get lost in the generations, was George Baker Jr., who started Citibank. He went from being a teller to being one of the most powerful bankers in the world. You know how people give startup money to this guy? You have an idea for a business. He gave startup money to Rockefeller, to, you know, character, you know, Carnegie, you know, wow. stuff like that. This is his grandfather. And his brother got killed in an airplane crash. I think in the same place, but the same exact situation as JFK Jr. Like the same place and bad visual and boom, boom, boom. And crazy enough, a couple of years later, Anthony was flying in a plane with his instructor in Nashville, with his plane instructor, wow. and the two of them went into a wall. I mean, went into a mountain, rather, oh. which is just crazy. And meanwhile, this guy knew all the stories in the world, and he was fascinating, but it was crazy. He would come over to Jokeland, and one time he told me a joke I didn't know. I probably you know, gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I gave him a shirt, a Stump the Joke Man t-shirt, and my friend Nikki said, this guy has billions of dollars, and that's his favorite thing. <laughs> and of course he had to die. I mean, he could be sitting here saying that, but no, you know. <laughs> and one of his stories was, and I, I don't know if there's even a way to, supposedly, Longfellow li must have lived I don't know if he lived in Manhattan or lived in Long Island, whatever, but there was a boat that came from Manhattan to Cold Spring Harbor. And people would go in, I don't know if it's, it must have been the 20s. I never even bothered to look up when Longfellow was alive or whatever. This is the famous Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Yeah, okay. and, and the boat would come out and people would go to Cold Spring Harbor and drink and dance and gamble and have a merry old time and get back on the boat and go back to Manhattan. And I don't know whether he had come out on the boat or whether he wanted to go to Manhattan. But the boat was leaving. And the boat was pulling out of Cold Spring Harbor. And he missed the boat. And he came running out and yelled and screamed, and wait, wait, wait. And, and they just kept going. The boat caught fire and everyone oh, in the boat perished. Wow. And Longfellow missed the boat. Now, there's got to be a way to check up on that story, but all of Anthony's stories have always checked out. We've got out. to check that. And did he have survivor's guilt? He must have. Uh, you know, who, you know, like the wow. old, it, it's, it's just crazy. And I don't know if that happened. Was he 18? Was he 58? You know, who knows? But it's an interesting thing to pursue. I love it. I love it. You know, uh, the, the best book, I think, about Long Island history is The Power Broker by Robert Caro. Uh, you've got to love that book and all the changes. I've only gotten to like, I think it's 1,200 pages. I think I've gotten to 300, <laughs> but three or four times. I love it. Because it's the whole thing about Long Island and the rich people not letting the, keeping the people down and 
you know. But how times have changed. Boss Tweed used to take the poor children from Brooklyn on a boat for an outing in the country in the South Bronx. <laughs> you can't believe it. You cannot I, believe I, I, that. I, I get such a kick out of all that stuff. You know? I, I really do. And uh, you know, a lot of kids uh, used to swim in the East River. I, I, the East River is actually cleaner now than it has been in decades. I, but you know, forever. I mean, there they were. It, it, this was you know untarnished land. You know, right, right. The Indians weren't screwing it up. No. You know, the only the, the only thing that wrecked the water was all the dead Indians floating around. You know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm speechless on that. That, that was not politically incorrect. <laughs> they, they killed the Indians like crazy. Yeah, they did. And actually, it went both ways. The Native Americans were very effective fighters, and there was a, a war. Well, yeah, you, you hit me, I hit you. That's, yeah, you know. and there was a war over the cutting down of a, a peach tree called the Peach Tree. Yeah, I just, I just got to that in my book. In, in the, I'm reading this book, Gotham. Gotham is that big. Which is another terrific, and it's another like, terrific book. And it's all staggering, just oh, staggering. Oh, uh, the history. It, New York was the economic powerhouse of this country, and it quickly passed Boston as the number one city in America, without a doubt. My great, 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 however many greats, grandfather, jo Johann Martling, actually got married in the fort. In the fort. At you know, that was battery. That it was Fort James. Before that, it was Fort Amsterdam or whatever. Okay, but, you know. But he lived on Staten Island, you know. And of course, Wall Street was the original wall for Wall. You know, the, the, there was a wall. The place to keep where I'm Native in, American. The place where I am in my book. They just they have just taken it down, but like there was no real need to because they didn't they didn't need the room. There, there was there was so few people here. Like if, if there was 3,000 people, it was, it was amazing. It was like 3,000 people and like 600 of them were slaves. It was, it was crazy reading about this stuff. Oh, unbelievable. Harlem was originally a, a white farming village. It's because it was so far it up. It was so far up. And, and the rich people start, of course, at the tip of Manhattan and move, as you go through the centuries, farther and farther north. Today, I would have to say the most expensive exclusive area in New York City might be Central Park South, and maybe curving up a little bit on, on Central Park West. But and East. And East, and, but it, it started way down at the tip. Yeah, well, it, it took a long time. It took a know. long, long time, you know. Uh, All right, so we're jumping to comedy. Ah, we're, we're jumping to comedy, enough history talk, although so, sometimes you can do both. On the Howard Stern Show, if we had a guest, and you stop me if I told you this already, if we had a guest, of any prominence, we wouldn't wait. Because very often Howard would go on and on and on. It's yeah. supposed to be a commercial every 20 minutes or half, whatever it was, and he'd go on and on and on. And uh, and the guests would, you know, if we had a guest, sometimes they'd sit there and wait and wait and wait. But if it was somebody of note, Gary comes to Howard, and, <laughs> and he'd say, bring him right in. So we're sitting there, and I'm sitting here, and Fred Norris, the other writer, is here, and this is, the end of the table, and the guest is sitting here. And Howard is where you are, a little back a little bit. But we're all very close quarters. And the, the easel, whatever you call it, is there. And he had an open loose leaf. 
and an open loose leaf. And in the middle, there was about this much room so he could see Robin that was behind the glass over yeah. here. And my job, I'm writing notes. And the loose leaf is here, and it's right where on this side of the loose leaf is the size of an 8 by 11 piece of paper. I could write and put a piece of paper. And you know, this is not, this is years before that we put it under the camera and all that. This right. is physically write it down, put it there, and then Howard's looking at it and he's looking at Robin and he's reading my note, and that's how we operated. And it was seamless because he was so brilliant, you know. And Carrie comes and says, Hey, Howard, Dom DeLuise is here. He says, Well, bring him in. Come on. You know, come. Dom DeLuise comes in, sits down, which is, you know, no matter who sat in the chair, was very often it was a kick. The potpourri of people, you know, Barbara Streisand's sister and John Wayne Bobbitt wow. and Adam West. You know, you, the laundry list of people is so random and eclectic. It's wonderful. So Don DeLuise comes in and sits down. And I'm whipping off the things. And like, you got a little juice in you because it's Don DeLuise sitting there. So I would be having fun. A couple minutes. He said, all right, you know, because we were going, wait till look. All right, we'll be right back. We'll go to commercial. And Dom DeLuise turns to me and says, this is fantastic. He said, you, you're writing in real time and putting it up there and he's in, integrating it into what he's doing and it's fantastic comedy. This is and I'm sitting there, I, right now, telling you 40 years later, I get the chills. Like, like Dom, you know, you know, why I would call him Dom, I have no idea, but like Dom, you know. That's, that, that's terrific. That's, a, that's great. That's so Great. Were there guests? Hold on, hold on. That's not, not the punchline. No, that's not the punchline. No, line. that's okay. the buildup. All right. So he thought it was great. And he stayed for another commercial break. And, and he just loved it. And he was thrilled. And I mean, he was one of the few people. It, it was early on, 88, 89. Like, there were a lot of people who had qualms about coming on the show. And then eventually, slowly but surely, more and more and more. And, and like, if we got a Dom DeLuise, hey, get him right in here before he changes yeah, his mind, you know? Yeah. He leaves. The next guest is Bruce Jenner. Uh, Gary brings in Bruce Jenner, and he sits in the same seat. He sits there, and I'm whipping off the insults. <clears throat> and Howard is just making mincemeat out of this guy. Joke after joke after joke. We go to commercial. <laughs> Janet turns to me and goes, what do you keep writing down? And I said, I got to keep telling Howard what time it is. And he goes, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to he my mother, it. I swear. Oh. But just the A-B of the situation, oh, the bing bing. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, that's is, that, is that the greatest? So let me ask you, were there ever <laughs> any guests that just rubbed Howard the wrong way? That get, was get my next story. Really? No. Well, not to rub. Get this guy out of here. I mean, that, that the chemistry was just wrong. He he would just you know uh, end end it, but and it was it, very rarely because it, it, if it rubbed him wrong, that was great. It was because it, it was a comedy okay. show. It was all fodder. The worst okay. you know it, the worst the worst thing that can happen. You know, a light falls. Hey, we got ten minutes. You know, but this guy came in. I think I might have told this story already. He came in and sat down, and Howard started in, you know. So how you doing, you know? How big's your penis? 
you know, you got a girlfriend, are you married, you got any chicks with you, you know. And after two or three questions, the guy's like, little guy, an actor, you know, just, hey man, don't give me that crap, don't talk to me like that, man. Hey, I remember the words, I'm not your dancing monkey, man. I will come right over this thing and I will beat your ass, man. You watch what you say, and this only happened for five seconds, when all of a sudden Gary's in and Ronnie's in and they're in the room because, you know, you wow. Know, and it was like crazy. And I remember this guy went from zero to 60, like, like crazy. It was, it was like in his DNA. It was like, whoa. And I remember literally saying to myself, whoa, this guy's going to kill somebody. It was Robert Blake. Oh! <laughs> and then 10 oh, years later, man. he didn't even murder his wife or something. Oh, my God. I said to Fred, I told you. Oh, man. <laughs> and you, I'm sure that's on the internet, Robert Blake on the Stern Show. I would bet anything that that's oh. on there. I mean, he, he got bent out of shape. So, And all Howard did was, it was almost like a, a the, the, the uh, not bucket list, you know, yeah. the, 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 the typical frequently asked questions. But you know? I'm just amazed you could see all that when you were hiding under your chair. <laughs> <laughs> can I request a Stern story? Yeah, you can do anything you want. You probably you know the inside scoop. I'll just say a name and then you can fill it out. Elaine Boozler. Elaine Boozler. I was there. It was in California, if this is the time you're talking about, when um, The way it worked at these radio shows, at these, at the Emmys, the Grammys, or something like that, they put a whole bunch of radio stations in the same room. Like you'd be at a table, and when we did it, if you know, on the on the road, it'd be me and Howard and Robin, and we'd have a little thing where I could put my notes, blah blah blah, and then it'd be another station here, another station here, another station here, and they kind of would ring the room for the most. I don't think it went down the middle, but we did it in different places, like. Usually the Roosevelt Hotel on Hollywood Boulevard or wherever, and because that way, you know, you know, if you're up for a Grammy, you stop and say hello to Howard. You stop and say hello to John DeBellis. You stop yeah. and say hello to WCM, whatever. And Elaine Boozler, I, if I'm, I'll fill in what I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure you get the list of who's going to be coming through town. Uh, Gary, get this one, get this one, get this one, get this one. And, you know, and Howard had been a big fan of Elaine Boozler, you know. Yeah. And uh, she didn't want to do the show, Howard. She didn't want to do the show. And he, all of a sudden, she's like one table or two tables over being interviewed. And he's got a megaphone. What's the matter, Elaine? You're too good for us, Elaine? Huh, I forget what he was doing to berate her, but her... <laughs> Either her husband or her manager or both or soon-to-be husband came over, and I think he actually, I, I think he reached across the table and tried to grab Howard. I'm not really clear on it, but it was a whole, uh, it was a, it was a pretty big to do, you know. Was like, it a punch? I heard it was a punch. It it, it may have been, but I, you know, I should know because I was right there. But it's one of those things where, if it wasn't. In your mind, then all of a sudden it becomes a punch. Then all of a sudden, like, wait, well, you, you know, um, I don't. I think he reached across, but it was like a table, you know. So it wasn't like you know he had to leave, but it was, it was definitely physical. 
It wasn't stop. But that, see, that's know. out of the ordinary. I mean, that that, wait, that was it. Never happened. You know, I mean, that, that was the one time that that had ever happened. But it was it was memorable. It was a hoot. You well, know? if you're working on the line and over the line, stuff like that has got to happen eventually. Yo, yeah, Howard always had the megaphone, and everybody gets so pissed off because these guys are all doing interviews. So if he's yelling on the megaphone, that's coming out <laughs> over everybody's interview. Everybody's there, you know. I, I, I remember Robert Robertson from the band. He was a big, tall, strapping guy, and he came and sat down with Howard, and and how, the way Howard would sometimes gush, like, I mean, being weird, you know, like, but that was his thing, like, wow, you're Jamie, you're, you're from the band, you work with Bob Dylan, wow, you're so cool, man, I'd give anything to be as cool as you, wow, that's so cool, you're neat, man, wow, that's cool, you, and after about three minutes of this, Jamie Robert, Robbie Robertson goes, Christ, you really are an asshole. Like, <laughs> like obviously, he'd been told that by a hundred people, and he just like at rubber, at rubber stamps, like, you really are an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. So funny. Let me ask you: Was there ever a moment when you, you, Jackie Martling, thought maybe we're going too far here? I mean, is was there an? I I had this conversation yesterday. With my brother-in-law, because he was on tour with a band that were opening, they were opening up for the Bee Gees, and I, I, I don't know whether some racist stuff started on the bus or people yeah. were yelling stuff, and he said, I really wanted to hold up one of those signs like you see on CBS, like uh, the following show doesn't necessarily express the feelings of all involved like and there yeah. were times when Howard was doing stuff on the air where I wanted to go what he's saying and doing don't represent uh, you know I'm not writing this you know, <laughs> he's talking about uh, Mancow's father had passed away and he wants right. to dig him dig up his father and have sex with his skull and I'm like you know I really I, I hope people don't think I'm writing that you know I wrote funny stuff I didn't write stuff like that you know like and, and it was so so uncalled for and so weird and so even you felt uncomfortable at times oh yeah well i mean not that i didn't get up and say shut up you know what i mean but i just sat there like it didn't express where i was coming from you know yeah like is that that you know somebody's father's dying of cancer that's not no you know, no i know yeah you know. yeah i mean but one thing about howard he but, but, it, but he wasn't picking on a random guy. This, okay. this was a, a an enemy or a yeah, rival. Yeah, Rivals a rival, and, yeah. and you know, and the, they did all kinds of crap. Like, all right, know. okay, but, but that, but you, you would draw a line on that. You would think, you know. Yes, but one thing about Howard is he always impressed me as working his ass off the entire time. He did not mail it in, not that I could tell as a listener. He was. He, I bet he was tired at the end of the show. I think he was on the balls of his feet. That's what it sounded. I mean, because because we've he, been to at radio. At the end of the show, he was a terrible kisser. He was always so tired. He never wanted to make out. I know. We'll be back next week. Wow. <laughs> hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? It's starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man, Mark. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it, MeSpace? 
MySpace. Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Do da, do da. <laughs> <laughs>